0: section 11 of a compendious history of english literature and of the english language volume 1 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org a compendious history of english literature and of the english language volume 1 by george Lilly crake chapter 2 Part five Aylred But the best account we have of the battle of the Standard is that of Aylred, Abbot of Riavolt in Yorkshire. Aylredi Albatus wallensis Historia de Bella Standardi also printed among the scriptoris ten, along with an epistle on the genealogy of the English kings a life of edward the confessor and a singular relation entitled de quondam miraculo mirabili all by the same writer Aelred, Eelred, elred Alured, adelred ethelred or valred who is supposed to have died about eleven sixty six and who is one of the saints of the roman calendar his day is the twelfth of january spent his life in studious retirement and is the author of many other treatises some printed in various collections some still remaining in manuscript but those that have been mentioned are the only ones that relate to english history he often writes with considerable animation and a decided gift of popular eloquence may be discerned in his fluent though not very classical latin geoffrey of monmouth alfred of beverley the famous british history of geoffrey of monmouth was printed at paris in quarto in fifteen o eight and again in fifteen o nine and it is also contained in Commeline's collection folio heidelberg fifteen eighty seven it professes to be and as already intimated in all probability is in the main a translation from a welsh chronicle given to geoffrey by his friend walter archdeacon of oxford a different person from walter mapes the poet though they have been usually confounded who had procured the manuscript in brittany it contains in nine books the history of the britons or welsh from the era of their leader brutus the great grandson of the trojan aeneas to the death in of their king cadwallo or cadwallader the same personage called by the english historians cadwall or cadwalla and represented by them as king of wessex geoffrey archdeacon of monmouth and afterwards bishop of st asaph is a clever and agreeable writer and his latin is much more scholarly than that of the generality of the monkish chroniclers of his time his work whatever it may be thought of its historical value has at least the merit of having preserved the old legends and traditions of the race who were driven out by the angles and saxons in a more complete and consistent form than we have them elsewhere but the outline of the same story in all its parts from the trojan descent to the wars of arthur is found in nennius who lived and wrote certainly not later than the middle of the ninth century or nearly three centuries before geoffrey the archdeacon of monmouth therefore was at any rate not the inventor of the fables if they be such to which his name has been generally attached at the most he can only be suspected of having sometimes expanded and embellished them but if not the creator of arthur and his knights of the round table geoffrey was their reviver from almost universal oblivion to sudden and universal notoriety his book published probably about eleven twenty eight and dedicated to the same earl of gloucester whom malmsbury chose for his patron obtained immediately the most wonderful currency and acceptance and from the date of its appearance we find a new inspiration derived from its pages pervading the popular literature of europe most of the subsequent latin chroniclers also adopt more or less of his new version of our early history an english translation of geoffrey of monmouth by aaron thompson originally published in an octavo volume at london in seventeen eighteen was reprinted in eighteen forty two as revised by j a giles l l d and it is included by dr giles in his volume entitled six old english chronicles bonn a detailed analysis of Geoffrey's work is given by the late george ellis in his specimens of early english metrical romances the compendium of alfred elred or canon of the collegiate church of st john at Beverley in yorkshire published by herne in october at oxford in seventeen sixteen under the title of alredi Beverlacensis la annalis Seway historia de gentis regium, britannia libris nines comes down to the year eleven twenty nine but is in the first five books making half the work which consists only of one hundred and fifty-two pages altogether a mere abridgment of geoffrey of monmouth alured in fact though he does not expressly name the archdeacon sets out with stating that his design simply is to epitomize the new history of the britons which everybody was so eager to read and of which he had himself for some time in vain sought to procure a copy a fact which is strangely suppressed both by herne and by dr campbell in the biographia britannica in their attempts to show that Alured did not copy geoffrey but geoffrey him geoffrey's very expressions are sometimes adopted by Alured. what the latter has added in the continuation of the history down to his own time contains scarcely anything not to be found elsewhere the period from the norman conquest extending over sixty-two years which may probably have been about that of his own life is all comprised in the last book filling twenty-seven pages geraldus cambrensis geraldus cambrensis another learned welshman who makes a principal figure among our historical writers of the twelfth century is of somewhat later date than his countryman geoffrey of monmouth geoffrey died in 1154 geraldus whose proper welsh name was gerald berry appears to have been born about eleven forty-six his itinerary and description of wales the first book itinerarium cumbriae and descriptio cumbriae were published with learned annotations by dr david powell in a duodecimo volume at london in sixteen eighty five both are included in camden's angelica normanica etc together with his topography and conquest of ireland topographia hiberniae and Expugnatio, hiberniae there published for the first time and a second book of the description of wales various biographies of english bishops an account of his own life entitled de rebus a Sir Justus, in three books together with two separate catalogues of his works drawn up by himself a treatise concerning the church of st Asath de jour et statu meneuensis ecclesiae Distinctionis. Seven and two or three other short pieces are in the second volume of wharton's anglia sacra an english translation of the itinerary and of both parts of the description of wales profusely illuminated with engravings as well as with annotations and commentary was published by sir richard Colt baronet in two volumes quarto london eighteen o six under the title of the itinerary of archbishop baldwin through wales a d eleven eighty seven by Geraldus de Berry, and forms one of the most magnificent productions of the modern english press many other writings however both in prose and verse are attributed to him which are either lost if they ever existed or remain in manuscript with the exception of a treatise called by himself gemma ecclesiastica which is said to have been printed at mentz without his name in fifteen forty nine under the title of gemma animae Geraldus, though his style abounds in the conceits and false ornaments which constituted the eloquence of his time is a very lively writer and he shows a genius both for narrative and description to which nothing is wanting except the influences of a happier age in literary ardor and industry at least he has not often been surpassed he deserves particular regard says wharton for the universality of his works many of which are written with some degree of elegance he abounds with quotations of the best latin poets he was an historian and antiquary a topographer a divine a philosopher and a poet his love of science was so great that he refused two bishoprics and from the midst of public business with which his political talents gave him a considerable connection in the court of richard i he retired to lincoln for seven years with a design of pursuing theological studies the fancy of Geraldus, however it must be confessed was more vigorous than either his judgment or his veracity and much of the matter in his historical works would have suited poetry better than history henry of huntingdon malmesbury's two histories are followed in savile's collection by the eight books of that of henry archdeacon of huntingdon extending from the invasion of julius caesar to the accession of henry the second a d 1154 the work has not been elsewhere printed in full but a very superior text of the first six books with the exception of the third which is only an abridgment of Bede is given by mr petrie in the monumenta eighteen forty-eight. henry of huntingdon first distinguished himself as a poet and is said by leland to have in the earlier part of his life written eight books of latin epigrams and eight more of love verses besides a long didactic poem on herbs another on spices and a third on precious stones his history which he composed in his more advanced years is interspersed with a good deal of verse most of it professing to be quoted but some of it confessedly his own savile describes him as in respect of historical merit although separated by a long interval from Malmesbury, yet making as near an approach to him as any other writer of the time and as deserving to be placed in the first rank of the most diligent explorers and most truthful expounders of the times preceding their own he is indeed more of an antiquary than an historian his work in so far as it is a history of his own time is of little importance the writer in the quarterly review however remarks that it is a more ambitious attempt than had been made by such mere analysts as the saxon chroniclers on the one hand or such compilers as florence of worcester and simeon of durham on the other abandoning the simple plan of his predecessors he divided his history into books treating distinctly upon each of the kingdoms of the heptarchy until their union under edgar huntingdon states that taking bede as his basis he added much from other sources and borrowed from the chronicles which he found in ancient libraries his descriptions of battles are often more diffuse than in the anglo-saxon chronicles it has been supposed that because these scenes and pictures are not warranted by the existing texts they are mere historical amplifications but we find no difficulty in believing that the researches of a writer who was considered as a most learned antiquarian should have enabled him to discover a chronicle lost to us in which contained more fragments of poetry or poetical prose than the chronicles which have been preserved the second volume of wharton's anglia sacra contains a long letter from henry of huntingdon to his friend walter abbot of ramsay de episcopus sui temperis which is full of interesting notices and anecdotes of the king's prelates and other distinguished personages of his time both the history and this letter are translated by mr Forrester in one of the volumes of bond's antiquarian library eighteen fifty three roger de Havidan. the next work printed in savile's collection and his edition is again our only one is the copious chronicle of roger de havedon probably so designated from having been a native of Havidan or howden in yorkshire it fills four hundred and thirty pages or not much less than half the volume hovedon takes up the narrative at the year seven thirty two, where the history of bede a north countryman like himself ends and brings it down to twelve o two his account is particularly full throughout the reigns of henry the second and richard the first and the commencement of that of john making together what may be called his own half century the greater portion indeed of the three hundred and forty pages of which this second or latter part of his annals annalium pars posterior consists is occupied by letters of kings popes and prelates and other public documents but it contains also an extraordinary number of minute historical details haveden is of all our old chroniclers the most of a matter-of-fact man he indulges occasionally in an epithet rarely or never in a reflection his one notion of writing history seems to be to pack as many particulars as possible into a given space giving one the notion in perusing his close array of dates and items that he had felt continually pressed by the necessity of economizing his paper or parchment it is true that he has no notion of the higher economy of discrimination and selection but among the multitude of facts of all kinds that crowd his pages many that are really curious and illustrative a translation of roger de hovedon by mr henry t riley makes two of the volumes of bond's antiquarian library 1853. william of newburgh william of newburgh in latin juillimus Newbrigensis, so called from the monastery of newburgh in yorkshire to which he belonged although his proper name is said to have been little whence he sometimes designates himself petit or parvu has had the luck to have the first five books of his English history from the conquest of the year 1197 repeatedly printed, first in duodecimo at Antwerp in 1597, a second time with notes by J. Picard in octavo at Paris in 1610, again under the care of the industrious Thomas Hearn in three volumes octavo at Oxford in seventeen nineteen and still once more as edited for the historical society by mr h c hamilton in two volumes in eighteen fifty six it is also in the collection of jerome Camalinius. the work of new Bridgensis is much more what we now understand by a history than those of either Hoveden or huntingdon in the superior purity of its latinity it ranks with that of Malmesbury, and it has the same comparatively artistic character in other respects but his merit lies rather in his manner than in his matter he has disposed the chief events of the times of which he treats into a regular and readable narrative but has not contributed many new facts he is famous as having been so far as is known the first writer after geoffrey of monmouth who refused to adopt the story of the trojan descent of the old britons and the other figments as he calls them of the welsh historians which moreover he accuses Geoffrey of having made still more absurd and monstrous by his own impudent and impertinent lies whether he knew enough of the original chronicle which geoffrey professed to translate or of the language in which it was written to be entitled to express an opinion upon this latter point does not appear the welsh maintained that he had a personal spite at their whole nation this william says dr powell put in for the bishopric of st asaph upon the death of the said geoffrey and being disappointed fell into a mad humour of decrying the whole principality of wales its history antiquity and all that belongs to it it must be admitted too that if not guilty of the same dishonesty and forgery which he imputes to geoffrey william of newburgh is himself in credulity at least a match for the most fabulous of our old chroniclers benedictus abbas ralph de Gervase of canterbury one of the most valuable of our chronicles of the twelfth century is that of the abbot benedict embracing the space from eighty eleven seventy to eleven ninety two which was published by hearne in two volumes octavo at oxford in seventeen thirty five under the title of benedictus Abus petroburgensis de vita et rebus justus Henrici two et ricardi i benedict though a partisan of becket and one of his biographers was so highly esteemed by henry the second who had both the eye to discern and the magnanimity to appreciate merit and ability wherever they were to be found that he was by his direction elected abbot of peterborough in eleven seventy seven and in eleven ninety one after richard had come to the throne he was advanced to be keeper of the great seal in which high office he died in eleven ninety three ralph de De dichetto archdeacon of london who probably died soon after the commencement of the thirteenth century is the author of two chronicles the first entitled abbreviationes chronicorum and extending from eighty five eighty nine to eleven forty eight the second continuing the narrative upon a larger scale to a d both are published in the collection of the scriptories ten where they occupied together not quite three hundred columns they are followed by a brief outline of the controversy between king henry and becket sirias causae inter henricum, Regim et tomam archiepiscopum which may also perhaps have been drawn up by decetto a compendium of the early british history from brutus to the death of cadwallader after geoffrey of monmouth by this writer historia compendiosa de regibus britonum is given in his collection entitled Scriptores fifteen by gale who says that he had seen a better manuscript of the abbreviationos cronicorum than that used by Twisden, he adds a short tract of two or three pages from a manuscript in the arundel collection now in the british museum entitled de patitione pro Vinci in Scirus et Episcopatus et regna which he entitles as by dicchetto although in his preface he describes it as by an unknown writer there is a short history of the archbishops of canterbury to the year twelve hundred by this dicchetto, in the second volume of wharton's anglia sacra bishop nicholson complains of it as not only of little value from its brevity but as stuffed with matters foreign to the purpose the chronicle of Gervase of canterbury gervasii Robernensis siwe cantuarensis chronica from the accession of henry i in eighty eleven hundred or eleven twenty two as he reckons, secundum evangelium to the end of the reign of richard i and of the century is published in the collection of the scriptors ten collection thirteen thirty eight to sixteen twenty eight together with three shorter pieces by the same writer the first an account of the burning a d eleven seventy four and subsequent restoration of canterbury cathedral tractatus de Combustione et reparatione Dorobernensis ecclesiae the second on the contest between the monks of canterbury and archbishop baldwin imaginationes de discordiis inter monachus cantuariensis et archiepiscopum baldwinum the third a history of the archbishops of canterbury actus pontificum cantuariensis ecclesiae from augustine to hubert walter who died in 1205 and whom gervase probably did not long survive leland who gives this writer a high character for his diligent study and accurate and extensive knowledge of the national antiquities speaks of his history as commencing with the earliest british times and including the whole of the saxon period tum britannorum ab origine historiam tum saxonum et normanorum fortia facta de duxip he takes great pains in the portion we have of it to present a correct and distinct chronology but it is principally occupied with ecclesiastical affairs vinceau richard of devices joceline de bracalonde an account of the expedition of richard coeur-de-lion to the holy land in six books by geoffrey vinceau has been published under the title intinariariarium regis anglorium ricardi et aliorum Taurum hierosolimorum by Gale in his scriptoris quinque pages two hundred and forty five to four hundred and twenty nine a portion of the same work had been previously printed by bongarcius in his gesta dei per francos sixteen eleven as a fragment of the history of jerusalem Hierosolimitani Historiæ fragmentum from a d eleven seventy one to eleven ninety by an unknown writer probably an englishman there is a translation of the whole in the volume of bond's antiquarian library entitled chronicles of the crusaders geoffrey or walter Vinsof or vinesauf or Vinsolf in latin de wino Salvo was an englishman by birth although of norman parentage and accompanied richard on his crusade his prose is spirited and eloquent and he was also one of the best latin poets of his day his principal poetical work entitled de nova Poetria on the new poetry has been several times printed it is dedicated wharton observes to pope innocent the third and its intention was to recommend and illustrate the new and legitimate mode of versification which had lately begun to flourish in europe in opposition to the leonine or barbarous species this work published soon after the death of king richard contains an elaborate lamentation over that event which is quoted in what is called brompton's chronicle written in the reign of edward the third and as both camden and selden have noted as referred to by chaucer in his canterbury tales although only the latter seems to have understood the delicate ridicule of the allusion the craft of golfrida so he names Vinsof, is also celebrated by the great english poet apparently with much less irreverence in his court of love no doubt composed at a much less advanced period of his life another valuable contemporary history of the early part of the reign of richard i from a d 1189 to 1192 comprehending the transactions in england as well as abroad the chronicle of richard of devices has been printed for the first time by the historical society chronicon ricardi deweensis de rebus Justis ricardi primi regis anglia nunc primum typis Mandatum curante Josepho Stevensen, Octavo, London, eighteen thirty-eight. Deuiciensis appears to have written before either Dequetto or Hobden, and his work forms therefore an authority additional to and quite independent of theirs. Finally, we ought not to omit to mention the singularly curious chronicle of Jocelyn de Brakalanda, printed a few years ago by the Camden Society, Chronica Jocellini de. Bracolanda de Rebus Justis, Samsonis Abatus Monasterii Sancti Edmundi, Nunc Primum Pipus Mandata Carante Johanna Gaja Roca Woda Quarto London eighteen forty, which, although professing to record only the acts of Abbot Samson and the history of the monastery of Saint Edmundsbury, includes also several notices of the public affairs of the kingdom, as well as lets us see farther. Into the system of English life and society in that remote time than perhaps any other record that has come down to us. It embraces the space from eleven seventy-three to twelve oh two, comprehending the last sixteen years of the reign of Henry the Second, the whole of that of Richard the First, and the first three years of that of John, and it contains repeated personal notices of all these three kings. Racalanda's chronicle has been translated by Mr. T. E. Tomlin's Octavo, London, eighteen forty, and Mr. Carlyle's brilliant resuscitation. Of the old abbot and his century in his past and present eighteen forty three lives in the memory of most readers of modern English books. Monastic registers among the contemporary historical monuments of this age are also to be reckoned parts at least of several of the monastic registers compiled by a succession of writers which have been published, such as that of Melrose, extending from eighty seven thirty five to twelve seventy, in Fulman sixteen eighty four, and much more carefully edited by Mr. Stevenson for the bannatine club quarto eighteen thirty five that of margin from ten sixty six to twelve thirty two in gale sixteen eighty seven that of waverley from ten sixty six to twelve ninety one in the same collection those of ramsay and eli both as far as printed coming down to the conquest the former in gale sixteen ninety one the latter in the same collection and also in part in the second seculum of Malbion's acta sanctorum Benedictinorum, that of Eli by the priors Thomas and Richard from eighty one fifty six to eleven sixty nine in Wharton's Anglia Sacra; those of Holyrood from eighty five ninety six to eleven sixty three, and of Abingdon from eight seventy to eleven thirty one, and the history of the bishops and church of Durham from eighty six thirty three to twelve fourteen, all in the same collection. A new and much improved edition of that of Holyrood was brought out in eighteen twenty eight. For the Banatine Club, by the late Mr. R. Pitcairn, to these may be added some of the tracts relating to the great monastery of Peterborough in Sparks' collection, and several lives of prelates by Malmesbury, Goslin of Canterbury, Osborne, John of Salisbury, Eadmer, etc., in Wharton, the Annals of the Monastery of Burton in Staffordshire from eighty ten o four to twelve sixty three, and the continuation of the history of England from eleven forty nine to fourteen seventy both in fulman appear to be throughout compilations of a later date the venerable collection of ancient monuments relating to the church of rochester in the kingdom of kent entitled the textus refensis which was published by hearne in octavo at oxford in seventeen twenty was drawn up by bishop ernulphus who presided over the see of rochester from eighty eleven fifteen till his death in eleven twenty four and hemming's Chartulary of the church of worcester emengi Chartularium Ecclesia Wigorniensis, published by Hearne in two volumes octavo in seventeen twenty three is of still earlier date having been compiled in the reign of the conqueror law treatises doomsday book public rolls and registers we may close the account of the numerous historical writings of the first century and a half after the conquest by merely noticing that to the same period belonged the earliest work on the common law of england the tractatus de legibus et consuetudinibus angliae commonly ascribed to the chief judiciary ranulph de glanville which was first printed in quarto at london in sixteen seventy three and of which there is an english translation with notes by mr john beams octavo london eighteen twelve the liber niger or black book of the exchequer supposed to have been compiled by Gervase of tilbury gervasius Tilburyensis who according to some authorities was a nephew of king henry the second of which there is an edition by Hearne, two volumes octavo oxford seventeen twenty eight reprinted at london in seventeen seventy one and the dialogus de scacario or dialogue respecting the exchequer probably written by richard fitz nigel or fitz neil bishop of london from a d eleven eighty nine to eleven ninety eight which is printed at the end of maddox's history of the exchequer quarto london seventeen eleven and again two volumes quarto seventeen sixty nine and of which there is an english translation quarto london seventeen fifty six along with these text-books of english law may be noticed the book of the laws and legal usages of the duchy of normandy called the coutumes de normandie of which there are editions of sixteen eighty one sixteen eighty four sixteen ninety four and seventeen o nine all printed at Rouen. And each in two volumes folio. It hardly belongs to our subject to mention the most venerable of all national registers, the Doomsday Book of the Conqueror, printed at London in seventeen eighty-three in two volumes folio, under the title of Doomsday Book, Sir Liberis Consualis Willelmi Primi Regis Angliae Inter Archivos Regni in Domo Capitulari westmonasteriae Conservatus the indices printed in eighteen eleven and the additional volume printed in eighteen sixteen containing the ex Day, the inquisitio eliensis the book of winchester and the bolden book the public documents appertaining to the present period in the statutes of the realm the fidera the calendar of patent rolls in the tower the calendar of rolls charters and inquisitions ad doninum and placitorum abriviatio the rotuli letterarum Patentium, the Rotuli, literarum Clausarum, the great rolls of the Pipe of the thirty-first of Henry the First, and of the third of John, the Rotuli Normanni, the Rotuli de La et at Finibus, the Finis in Curia Domini Regis, the Rotuli Curiae Regis, the charter rolls of John, the ancient laws and institutes of England from Ethelbert to Henry the First, and perhaps one or two other publications of the late Record Commission the concilia of spelman and of wilkins etc end of section 11